Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Yo, 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 everybody. I think that's going to be my new my new intro thing for season two is yo, yo, yo. Last season, I got caught by saying, hey, everybody, for every single episode. So I think I need to switch it up. So we're switching over to yo, yo, yo. Sean, how's that sound? Yo, yo, yo. It sounds perfect for me. <laughs> yo, 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 everyone. Maybe not everyone. I'll just say yo, yo, yo. It's it's Eric Thomas. I'm the host of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. Uh, if you're tuning into this episode, live or in the future. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are so glad that you are here. One thing that I've noticed that I don't do enough is ask people to review the podcast. Uh, I know we get a lot of people listening to it on Apple Podcasts. I see you. I'm able to see your your stats on our little podcasting dashboard platform. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, can you do me a huge favor and leave me a review? Good or bad? Hopefully good. Please don't leave any bad reviews. Um, because I don't, I don't make a whole lot of money off this podcast. So anyways, that's enough of that. Sean Brady from Goodman. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Eric. How are you doing today? Monday morning. Monday morning. That's right. Uh, up and at them early today. Sean, thank you so much for joining me for this recording of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. It's been my pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. So yeah, I'm, uh, let's get to it. Yeah. So Sean, why don't you go ahead, uh, introduce yourself for our listeners out there. Tell them about the role you have currently at Goodman uh, and then a little bit more, I guess, about your background in the industry. Perfect. Uh, I'm Sean Brady. I work for Goodman Manufacturing, Daikin Industries. I've been there about 15 years. Formerly was a sales manager in Florida for about 10 years. And then I came over to the corporate side. I now hold the role of business development manager and brand director for our Liberty brand of equipment. So I basically travel the country talking to contractors and really working with them, how they can grow their business and, and be more profitable. Nice. Goodman's got quite a lineup of, of products, it seems. You know, got the Goodman, obviously, Mana, Daikin, Liberty. There's some others, aren't there? Well, you know, we keep our core essence of Goodman, Amana, and Daikin products, right? So yeah. then we rebrand them for a couple of private label brands, one of them being Liberty and one of them being Franklin. So... We don't have a lot of the different lines like a lot of the brands have. We keep ours pretty simple, but, you know, Goodman being the number one brand in America. So one out of every four installs in America is a Goodman system. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's that's a really interesting statistic. So it's like Goodman's kind of like like the the Ford F-150 of HVACC systems, I suppose. Or the Chevy Silverado. It all or depends the, how you grew up, I guess. Yeah, or the or the Dodge Ram, which was voted. Uh, what was that the the they got the three time yeah. <laughs> award that they're always talking about. So three years in a row, I think they yeah. have that award. So, so yeah, good for them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, let's let's dive into. Um, you know, usually we're talking to contractors on here, so excited every opportunity we get to talk to you know, to folks on the manufacturing side. Just about the you know the 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 state of the industry, different ways they can you know leverage co-ops to you know benefit their company, 
um, and, and stuff of that nature. So let's let's talk a little bit about co-op first. So the co-op marketing stuff at Goodman. What's uh, what's that look like? You know, from from your side of the table. Eric, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. And I want to just clarify something. We don't have a co-op program. We looked at the other manufacturers programs, which all basically have a co-op program, which a co-op is this. Hey, contractor, here's your money. We'll match your money here. Let's put our money together and let's go help you grow your business. We found that, you know, we wanted to give the dealers a little more uh, flexibility, a little more um, ability to really use their funds in the way they wanted to. So flexibility. So we have an accrual based program. So, our dealers accrue accrue money into a kitty. We call our some so in Goodman we have the A plus program and we have different programs for our different brands. But a dealer basically accrues from three to five percent on their purchases, and it sits in a kitty, and that allows them to go uh, advertise or do SEO or wrap their trucks. And we have all kinds of things they can use to grow their business. But ours is accrual based. Nice, yeah. So the you know the 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 traditional co op like you were just explaining, I've. I feel like I've run into this now, you know, cause we're, we are a marketing agency. So, you know, we've worked with several manufacturers in the past on, on co-op related stuff. And um, one of the biggest challenges that I find with that is for us, they're like, well, you have to, you know, you have to use the manufacturer. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but you have to use the brand name in X, Y, and Z headlines on your Google ads. You have to put the logo here. You have to use these images or whatever it may be. Um, so it kind of restricts you from a brand standpoint um, in some of your call to actions and in some of your marketing collateral. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I spend a lot of time traveling the country and I ride with the sales managers around the country and, and, and I, I ask them to set up appointments. I say, listen, I want you to set these appointments up at the contractor's office because when you pull up to a contractor's office, you see a lot of things and a lot of things are those sign. And I can tell immediately what kind of a dealer they are by the sign, you know, because you'll have Bob's air conditioning or Bob's HVAC, but is the brand above that bigger in name or, or is, is he really the brand there? So you can sometimes see a, a manufacturer's name really bigger than the brand. And I guess the point of what, what I'm trying to get to is this. At Goodman, we really don't want that to be the way. We want them to be the brand, the dealer to be the brand. So, you know, um, we don't really push a lot of rules like that. And uh, we kind of give them the freedom. So, yeah, I see a lot of the other brands in SEO or website design where it really pushes the manufacturer. We really don't want that. We want to push the brand dealer. Yeah. So what are, what, what's some advice that you could, uh, I guess, shed some light on to contractors in regards to being their own brand? What's some stuff that they could do? Well, first thing, when they walk into home and they get a call for a homeowner calls up and says, I need you to come out and look at my system. I think it's time to get a new uh, system for the house. So Joe contractor comes up, pulls in the house. And at that point in time, from the time they pull in the driveway or pull in the street in front of the house, the time they knock on the door, it's the time they get in the house. It really is an opportune time to not only talk about brand, but to talk about feature sets. And to really to get to that point, they need to spend a little bit of time with that homeowner and ask them questions. I find if they ask the more questions they ask for the homeowner, it really helps them determine the best system for that house, not so much brand. So it really is important to really ask those questions, find out the feature set that's important to that homeowner and that'll help them determine, determine how to sell. And when they sell, they're selling a feature set and benefits and warranties. Now, they're not selling Goodman or Carrier or Train. They're saying, listen, here's what's best for your house. And what's what's really mind-blowing at that point in time is this. The homeowner rarely even asks what the brand is. They go, well, thanks, contractor. I appreciate that. It sounds like the best option for me. And maybe at the end, they go, well, by the way, what was the brand we're getting? And at that point in time, it's already sold. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's something that I feel like we've talked about on the show before, and I don't remember. I don't remember who I was talking to uh, on the on the episode with about this this topic, but like in the eyes of the homeowner, like you were saying, you know, they care about the features, advantages, benefits. They care about the warranty. They care about cold air and warm air, and they care about their energy bills. And they care about how much it's going to cost too, you know? So obviously that's where you can have like the financing and stuff that plays into it, but they don't, this is something that on the contractor side of the world, they're like, you know, Daikin's the best, Train's the best, Carrier's the best, Linux is the best. And they all kind of, you know, argue with each other. And and I get it, you know, it's, it's industry stuff. And, you know, on the marketing side of the world, we argue over the best website, you know, CMS and the best different tools for whatever. Um, And so everyone does that, but in the eyes of the consumer, cold air is cold air and a working thermostat is a working thermostat and they want to know, you know, what the advantage is for them. What do they get out of it? For sure. You know, look at it this way, take all the manufacturers and line them all up. We all use the same capacitors, contactors, and basically all use the same compressors. We have a lot of similar components, but I say to contractors and to homeowners alike, it's what happens when that, when something goes wrong in in an install or even on equipment, and who's going to stand behind you, which manufacturer. And so that's what it really comes down to who has the best warranties in the business and who's going to stand behind you. And, and you know, obviously we believe that at Goodman and Dykin, we have the best warranties and the best effort to stand behind our contractors. Yeah. So something that I've kind of been, you know, stirring up and talking about a little bit lately is uh, the, the shift in loyalty to particular manufacturers over the past year because of uh, equipment shortages, because of changes to co-op, whatever it may be. So now you see people who were traditionally, you know, always going and selling a particular brand now selling, you know, extra, whatever they can get their hands on essentially. And so it, it changes a little bit of their co-op too, as well. So um, what, what have you been seeing in regards to like equipment shortages and stuff like that over the past year? Well, there's no way around that one there. So we, we all, we all are experiencing equipment shortages and certainly us here at Dykin and Goodman, uh, we we have felt the same pain, you know, so it's it's crazy to look, go to our factory right now and look at the parking lot and it's just full. You can't find a parking spot. We've got thousands of employees in our in our in our warehouse every day or excuse me, in our factory every day. I mean, this is the third biggest factory in America. All we do is pump out HVAC equipment and we have we're running three shifts and we still it's it's crazy how we the demand is just so strong right now. You know, there was a time when we couldn't get people in the warehouse because of, you know, the factory because of COVID and, and the different rules. The people are back and the, the demand in America right now is stronger and in Canada too is stronger than it's ever been. So you look at the huge demand now and we're still playing catch up and, uh, you know, it's just, it's been a struggle for sure. Yeah. How do you see this? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there's about to be another wave of shortages with, you know, with the cold season on, you know, on the, on the horizon and the demand for, you know, furnaces and stuff like that about to, you know, rise. What do you see in in that regard? Do you, do you foresee another, you know, big shortage coming up? I wouldn't call it a big shortage, but I see some definite uh, needs in the HVAC market when it comes to furnaces. So, you know, our northern uh, part of the of America and also in Canada, where we use a lot of gas furnaces. So we're going to feel a little of that pinch for, for this winter. And I, I believe that'll be the last of it for the industry. And certainly for us here at Goodman. So getting through this winter is going to be our challenge in a and we have the right people in the right places right now. And the factory's running at full steam. Yeah. So so what areas of the country did you guys see, like, were affected differently, better or worse, during the, I guess, during the past year or so with equipment? 
you know, we have these different marketplaces here in America. So I, I worked in Florida for a long time, which is straight cool AC with electric heat air handler. That's the that's the market there. About twenty percent furnace, and I would say about twenty five percent heat pump in the state of Florida. So you know, we really saw a really a real hurt in the heat pump market. So you know, we just got caught caught up now. We're really getting to a point in time where we're in a good position now on a lot of these these aspects. Uh, but now we're really trying to pump out the furnaces in a certain market. So every market has a little bit different, you know, and this, our Southern market is obviously our busiest market. So Texas, Louisiana, Florida, you know, Georgia, that's where we do a lot of our business down there uh, because, you know, the average lifespan of a HVAC, HVAC system down there is a lot shorter. So every market's got a little different. I think we're looking really good now as far as our, our cooling aspect. We're really trying to play catch up with the furnaces right now. Yeah. So do you see like, I, I guess like, you know, cause that's something that would probably hurt the Northern markets a little bit more um, is the furnace stuff. Like, are there a lot of markets, I guess, up like new England area up North, like Michigan area, do they, do they really hurt with the furnace stuff or, or do they need, I guess, more um, a, a different type of, I guess, system for what they're doing, like heat pumps or whatever. See, the thing is, for a, for a homeowner, if they have a heat pump or a furnace system, they're most likely going to get exactly the same thing. So if you've got a gas furnace, you're most likely going to stick with a gas furnace. You don't want to go out of that and get a heat pump. So heat, uh, furnace markets are going to, you know, they're going to have a little more of a pinch than the heat pump markets right now as we come into our cooling season. So, you know, I live in Northern California and my heat came on two days ago and two days before that, the AC was on. So we're getting to that point in time where it's getting a little cooler at night. So so now we're really trying to push the, the, the furnace market out there. So I would say, you know, the farther north you go, the more furnaces there are, the more of a pinch you're going to feel. Yeah. So talking about that, like, you know, th- this is the time of year, I feel like, especially, um, you know, in, in that area of the United States that kind of runs like straight through the, the, the country, uh, you get, for, for example, here in Virginia, in the morning time, we're looking right now about 50, 55 degrees outside, maybe yeah. 60 degrees, a little, little brisk, a little, uh, little cold outside. By one o'clock, we're in the mid to upper 70s. So morning time, it's it's chilly. Evening time, it's or, you know mid-afternoon, evening time, it's, it's warmer. So we need sometimes some homeowners need heat and cooling during the same day. And this is often re- re- referred to as the shoulder season, uh, where it's kind of like, there's not really an explicit extreme of heat or cooling needs. So what's some advice that you, you would give to a contractor during this time to keep their technicians busy? Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, Eric. And this, you know, I can't preach this enough. This is a time of season for contractors who've sold maintenance agreements to be out looking at their people, their homeowner systems. So, you know, I can't preach enough that, you know, the real value in a contractor's business, if, if they want to sell it or, or be that as made like that is how many maintenance agreements you have in your company. And as you sell systems or as you go out and do service calls or maintenance calls on equipment, it's a great opportunity to sell a maintenance agreement to those homeowners, whether that's one visits or ideally two visits a year. So if you're seeing your homeowners every shoulder season, so, you know, the September, October timeline, and then the, around the April, May timeline. So before you cool the house, before you heat the house, really, those are great opportunities to really visit with your homeowners, touch them, talk about what's new in the industry and really keep that relationship going with your homeowner. Because I tell you what, Look at it this way. It's a KPI in the industry. One out of every 10 to 12, 12 maintenance agreements you have with, with homeowners will buy a system from you every year. So as you go on service calls and sell more of these, you really can help, you know, build your business. I didn't know that one out of 12 would. I guess that makes sense because, you know, the the age, you know, of the equipment in their home, the age and, you know, their house or the homeowner's 
um, I guess the time they've lived in the home, it varies. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I was thinking about this uh, a few weeks ago about like maintenance agreements, because um, you're right. Like if you want to sell your business, the thing that people actually care about is your, your maintenance agreements. They care about your customers, your customer yeah. base. They don't care about your trucks and, you know, your website and all this other stuff. They care about how many service agreements you've got, how many customers they can immediately start working with. So I think like the average, the average maintenance agreement, the average service agreements between 200, 250 bucks a year. Then uh, if we look, if we say the average system is, you know, 10 to 13 years in lifespan or so, uh, you're going to, you're going to make about $3,800 on that customer before a replacement. And if a replacement's, you know, about $8,500, you know, the, the lifetime value of that customer is, you know, eleven dollars $12,000. And that's before the value-based upsells and all this other stuff that you may be able to offer like indoor air quality, duck replacement, stuff like that. So I think if people could begin thinking about the lifetime value of a customer versus the $2,250 a month that they're paying for their service agreement, they would really begin to see the the value in getting people signed up for it. You're hundred percent right. And all the things you say there, and it's just, you know, all these things build up to value your business and selling more equipment and really tying yourself to a homeowner. Because when you sell, you say, if you go in and sell a new system to a homeowner and you, you know, you offer them a 10 year parts, 10 year labor, 10 year maintenance agreement and 10 year unit replacement, put all these things together on a, on a, to a homeowner, they can't say no. So, mm-hmm. you know, really add the value at the home and, I can't preach this enough. The most important thing, the way to sell more maintenance agreements is through a flat rate pricing system uh, for your service techs, whether that be with one of our larger vendors or you have your own little system at home. But when you sit in front of a homeowner and you go in to make a repair and you say the repair is $500, but I can give it to you today for $350 if you join our, our, our club. Well, how's that work? Well, it costs you $200 and we come out twice a year. We offer you this 21 point inspection twice a year. Well, that's great. And if you really look at everybody's warranty from Goodman to carrier to train, all of us have the same nomenclature in our, in our warranties. It says this piece of equipment is warranted with proper preventative maintenance. Everybody says that. So the key is, listen, Mr. Homeowner, I need, I need to be out here maintaining the system. And it's true. If you're maintaining a system as a contractor, that system's going to run for a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's so true. I mean, um, I, I think the the flat rate, for stuff. And I know that there's, you know, you and I met at service world, service world expo, mm-hmm. by the way, that was an awesome event. Uh, if you're attending next year, we will be back and we'll see you there. Uh, but you know, you and I met there and there was a several booths there that were, you know, offering this type of service, this type of flat rate coaching. It's a new, um, kind of a new way of, of selling your service and your, um, your products and services to customers. And I think that that's really the way to go. I mean, I think um, this, and this isn't a new concept either. This is something that they, you know, Dick Sporting Goods does this. Uh, like the, all these different stores do this, this type of service where it's like, well, you can, you can get this purchase for free today if you sign up for our credit card or whatever it may be. Uh, like you're, <laughs> you're giving it to them at a value almost. Uh, but what you're doing is you're getting a, a lifelong customer out of it. It's so true. So look at it this way. What if I'm, I'm the homeowner and my AC system's not running? My furnace or my outdoor indoor, doesn't matter what it is. It's not running. So I'm going to call a few contractors in the local marketplace. And I'm going to say, hey, you know, how much you guys charge to come out and look at my system? It's not running. 
you're going to get an hourly rate from a lot of people. Or you're going to say that. What if you said this to the to the homeowner? Um, uh, we don't have hourly rate pricing. We use flat rate pricing like the automotive industry. We come out and evaluate your system, and then we'll determine that on, on, on per, per piece, not on an hourly rate. So you don't have to pay extra time for us if it takes longer. So it's a basic flat rate system for you like the automotive industry. People can relate to that because we've all went to get our car fixed and it, it's it's right up there on that board how much it costs to repair that, no matter how long it takes that that mechanic to do it. So it's a good way to look at it. And I think a lot of people can relate to that fact when I talk about automotive industry. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's so many vendors, like you said, at Service World Expo. When I was a young TM 15 years ago, I had to I would print my own flat rate books out and I would spend time with the contractor. Mm-hmm. And the key to all of that really is trying to determine what their real hourly rate should be that we plug into that system. Because I find most contractors are underpricing their, their efforts. And if we really look at the service side of the business, that's where a contractor's business is going to fail or going to grow. Because if, you're, if your service side is making money, the rest of it's going to make money always. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the flat rate thing as well, there's, there is an author out there of a book. Uh, the book's called They Ask You Answer. I, I think it's written by Marcus Sheridan. And pretty much this, uh, he's a marketer and a a salesperson, obviously. And um, he found success by telling people exactly what they want to know on the internet, pretty much versus the old school way of contact us now to find out more about how much this costs. Like people want to know how much it costs. They want to know what's included. They want to know so he made pretty much his his success in the industry that he was in, which I believe was like pool, custom pools, pool remodeling, stuff like that. And he he found his success by turning on his camera and saying, hey, if you want your pool pump replaced, it's going to be this much. Bottom line, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a flat rate system. So you could do that too. And now you can start putting this on your website. You could put this on Facebook. You could say, hey, if you want X, Y, and Z repair, it's going to be $250. Do you want this or no? <laughs> and and then the homeowner is like, oh, that's how much it's going to cost versus calling five other chucks and trying to, you know, figure out a price, which is going to require a visit and an inspection and a diagnostic fee and all this other riffraff. Uh, and that's why I think that people could really, really benefit by doing that. For sure. What if you said to the homeowner, listen, I guarantee all my repairs are for one year or for two years or for five years, depending on what you want to do in that business. That's a lot of a lot of things. Things when you offer that little bit of a discount on a, on a service call to join our club, and you get you say to them, "Listen, you're going to come to the front of the line. You never pay overtime with us. Uh, we guarantee our repairs for two years, and you belong to this club. People want to belong to clubs, so mm-hmm. you know you get the monthly newsletter. You get all these things. So that person is definitely going to buy from that 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 contractor as time moves forward. Yeah. So the, let's let's talk about a few a few ideas that contractors could do with these you know, comfort clubs or whatever you, you know, whatever creative name you come up for your service agreement customers. Um, like you were saying, people want to feel like they belong. They want to feel like they're a part of the club. Um, have you seen any, uh, any cool ideas that dealers have done uh, in the past or contractors have done in the past where um, like they get their, their club involved in the brand somehow? You know, I kind of briefly hit on this a little bit earlier in our conversation. I have a contractor, and I've, I've said this story to other contractors. When he sits in front of a homeowner, he offers the four, four for 10 deal. And what he does is he offers a, a 10-year parts, 10-year labor, 10-year maintenance, and a 10-year unit replacement on warranty. So the best part about this deal is he, he's a Goodman dealer. But as a Goodman dealer, we rebate his extended service agreements back to him. Uh, we give him 10 years, so he gets the 10-year labor for free. 10-year parts is included. 
10-year unit replacements included anything 16-seer, two-speed and above for all of our Goodman products. So if that compressor ever fails, he gets a new unit, newer unit for 10 years. All he had to do was put include his 10-year maintenance agreement, and we covered the rest. But if you offered four for 10 to a homeowner, it's really tough for that homeowner to go, I, I have to buy from this guy. That, I'm never going to get a deal like this from anybody else. Yeah. So have you seen um... – like I, I feel like there's like there's another side, you know, to the 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 club or the membership as well that you could get where you're like, um, like you were saying, like a, a newsletter, a newsletter specifically for, you know, those members. Uh, have you seen any other like marketing or branding stuff on that side that people have done? You know, the marketing has just changed so much. It's it's funny. I, I've I come across sales guys in the HVAC world that used to be yellow page sales guys, and. Oh. And there was a point in time where those are the most aggressive people in the world. They wouldn't leave your office. They had, they would come in. Remember the old good old days of yellow pages? Yeah. They'd come in and give you a oh, two-page ad for an HVC contractor. It's $1,000. The next year, yeah, it's $20,000. They they just got you. They're holding them. And in, you just nothing they could do. Those days are gone. And now it's really moved into social media and online marketing. And, and I, you know, we talked about accrual funds earlier in the, in the, in the call. And – so you get to the end of the year and you say to yourself, oh, I've got $5,000 or $10,000 sitting in my account. What do I do? And you call somebody like you, Eric, and say, you know what? We want to do it. And for me, I go, we need to put this in SEO and really help grow your brand online. So I, I can't say it enough. You know, as a contractor, we need to have a solid digital platform, website, Facebook, Instagram, all these things. And to really, you know, help grow their brands. So I have, you know, the, the good old days of, you know, sending out the flyers and stuff are important. I think, you know, you need to touch your homeowners all the time. But also, you know, the, the key is you really want to get access to their email address, you know, mm-hmm. and everything they do, get access to email. And so that's really going to help you in, in your business. So um, put the money in SEO and make sure you got a nice website. It's a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I think the website, the SEO, and the email list, those are the three, I think, in my opinion, three of the most important things you can do as a contractor if you're starting out. Um, there's... A, a new mini segment on the podcast coming out soon that I don't want to spoil yet. Um, but I, I talk about this a little bit then. And the topic of one of the episodes is uh, don't build your house on rented land. And so I guess obviously everyone knows earlier last week, like Facebook and Instagram went down and everybody who had invested all of their, you know, all their eggs into that basket were stuck without a platform to talk to their customers on. And so that's where it was like, you need to be investing in your email list because Google could could shut down tomorrow, but you still have your emails. You, you still have your ability to contact these people. Uh, you, you, Facebook could crash, Instagram could crash, but you'll still have your website. So stuff like that, like making sure that the efforts that you put into marketing are, are brand related as well. I mean, it's, lead generation is great. Paying for ads is great uh, for you know for quick leads and phone calls, but you want to make sure that you're building a foundation as well. I couldn't agree more. You know, the thing is like, you know, basically you're saying spread out your marketing funds. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of people out here to help you as a contractor. You're great at installing equipment. You run a great business. Your team is right behind you, but you didn't grow up in the world of marketing. And maybe you did, but if you didn't, there are so many assets out there in this marketplace to really help you grow your business. You know, you gentlemen like yourself, Eric, and there's just so many people that are really want to say, listen, I can help you with this website. We can really help you grow your brand and really generate more leads on your platform currently. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, before we wrap up, I'd love to give you the opportunity to, uh, I guess, tell any of the listeners anything interesting they may need to know about 
uh, about Goodman or about Liberty or about any of that stuff. So uh, here's your open opportunity to uh, plug what you guys do and what makes you different. Well, you know, I appreciate that, Eric. And thanks for the time today. It's been a, it's been great to talk to you and your listeners for sure. So listen, you know, as you grow your brand and your business and you want to really keep moving forward, talk to your local um, Goodman, Amanda, Dykin dealer, and we're always out there to help you guys grow your brand. And you know, the key is with us, you're the brand, not us. We want you guys to grow your business. And we know that the, the more you grow and the more you, you, you get successful, you're going to buy equipment from us. And we're really here to stand behind our equipment. And understand all the Goodman warranties for any of our product lines are owned at the factory. So we don't outsource any of our warranties. Everything's owned at the factory. And we're, you know, we grew this business based upon contractors. So Goodman used to be a contractor. That's where he came from. And we're only here to help you guys grow your brands. Awesome. Well, Sean, what's a, what's a good way for our listeners to get a hold of you if they want to learn more or, or just connect with you in general? I, I'd love for them to send me an email. My name is Sean.Brady at GoodmanMFG.com. That's Sean.Brady at GoodmanMFG.com. Thanks, Awesome. Sean, yep, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.